Hello, you're with Earth Matters, giving voice to people on environment and social justice issues. Today's story, Keep Urana Pristine, No Dam, was produced on the lands of the Biri and Wiri near Collinsville and on Yindinji land in Gimoy, Cairns. Thanks to 3CR in Nam, Melbourne, the lands of the Wurundjeri, for facilitating the program and the community radio network who distribute the show to radio stations around Australia. I'm Beck Horridge. We are the kangaroo, we are the eagle, we are part of all of that. We know that through our songs, our stories and our language. We don't have to find that. We know that by being on country, that's part of who you are as an Aboriginal. Ken Peters Dodd, a sovereign Biri man whose ancestors were removed from their land. Now he has returned with his family to live on his Berry country inland from Bowen and the Abbott Coalport. Ken returned to find mining ventures all around and coal rail tracks bearing smelly, noisy coal carts rumbling through the land. Of great concern was that Adani was promising to build yet another coal line through Berry country. Ken and his family resisted, working with reef defenders and the frontline action on coal. Was it partly the threat of this staunch opponent that encouraged Dani to change his plan and head the new coal rail track in another direction? Nandaji Nayanari. My name is Ken Peters Dodd. We are Biria people and Woody people of the Bayon Basin of the Freshwater from the Clark Ranges west. And Dodd is my grandfather's name, Reginald Dodd, who was a Biria man born on the Bogey and the Bowen River mouth at the Kirknea Creek there on Biri country. Our country has only been first contact with Europeans is about 120 years. Europeans came through our lands in the late 1870s. Our lands were taken by colonisation by force. A lot of our people were massacred through our lands. In 1914, it was the last removals of our people from the Bowen River area. They were rounded up and taken to a keeping place, a holding place by the government known as Strathmore Station. From there, they were removed all the way to Hope Vale, up to Mission Beach, and then down back down to Palm Island, where they settled till 1950. Then they were further removed to Warrabinda. I'm talking to Ken Peters Dodd. We're here on Bury Country, at the back of Bowen. Ken, you're living now on Biri country. Can you tell me something about your return home? Hmm. Well, you know, we're on our grandfather's country, you know, in, in our traditional boundaries. We live on our homelands, which is to us is very significant, you know, for our journey and where we've travelled from, you know, young people and, and just the wanting and the knowing and that, that you know, searching for... Your, your place, your belonging, you know, as an Aboriginal person. And through my whole journey, it was, it was about that. And, you know, my family, my wife, it was about us, you know, finding that, that, that oneness, that holistic connection with your, not only just, you know, your identity, your, you know, your, your land and the, the spirituality, you know, it's the mental, the physical, the spiritual being of being on country, which gives you that, that understanding, that nudge of, you know, how everything works, how everything fits together, the balance between nature, rain, wet season, fire, rivers, ocean, birds, everyone plays a strong part and have 
within our, you know, lands for thousands of years. And, you know, when we look now, we, we connect with that. We connect with the trees, even though they're, you know, these trees are only regrowth from previous, you know, land clearing and devastation a hundred years ago. But, you know, we still see that life within our land and our animals, our yurutis, you know, and that's who we are. We are the kangaroo, we are the eagle. We are part of all of that. We know that through our songs, our stories and our language. We don't have to find that. We know that by being on country, that's part of who you are as an Aboriginal. You know, you are, you are identity, your Aboriginality to your land as a barrier person, as a sovereign person that stands as a sovereign being rightfully back on in your ancestors' lands where you come from originally. There is no other path or there is no other way that that can be interpreted except for that, you know, being a sovereign, barrier man sitting on country and just, you know, trying to observe and have that understanding of what has happened to our land, what is happening to our land and what is our future for our land. So it's at a very uh, crucial point within our lives now that, you know, we can connect with source, we can connect with our ancestors, our land, and our land and our, our ancestors will tell us, you know, when things are right or when things aren't right. And we need to be open. We need to really ground ourselves and, you know, go within ourselves to see these signs because they are there. The land will talk to us. The law of the land owns the land. Back in June 2015, Ken Peters Dodd was with protesters at the gates of Abbott Point where he performed a pledge ceremony. Pledge to defend our reef, our water, our land. I pledge to stand with the Birigaba people and the Jewish people and defend their land against Dani. Ken, I was fortunate enough to witness you perform ceremony at the gates of Abbott Point. On that day we made pledges to stop Adani. What does it feel like to perform ceremony? Get up there and perform. We go up there as strong representatives of our land and our people and our families and our ancestry. We, you know... We represent our grandfathers, our grandmothers and our, our you know, forefathers that go back thousands and thousands of generations, you know, of people who lived on this land, you know, because of the strict laws that were in place, you know. Our, it was balanced within the, the culture, the people, you know, and our position, our families, what our families represent, who we are as a family, how we speak how we don't speak, you know, how we stand for our land and that connection to country or water or rain or animals and song and dance, you know. So all of that is part of us. It's it's there. We have that as you know, Biria people, people of our lands and waters. So for us to go into that space mentally, physically and spiritually and to do our ceremonies, you know, to welcome people on our country, to take them through that acknowledgement, that cleansing of our, our ancient cultures that have been here for a long time and make that part of who we are as, you know, barrier people and woody people on our lands today. Well, this, it's honouring to be able to do that, 
you know, in my whole life, when my grandfather talked about history and culture and everything like that, you know, we never thought one day we'll be standing on our country doing our ceremonies. It was September 2017, the sun was setting over a windy beach near Bowen and Ken Peter Dodds and other Indigenous people from the area performed a rare whale ceremony. In our culture, the whale is sacred. In our dreaming, the whales, once the land was created, the law was given to the land. Our people went to the ocean and they became the whale and the dolphin. Every year we are reminded of our ancestors and our dreaming and the law. When the whales beach themselves on our land, they spew the law back onto our country and remind us of who we are. So we'd like to have a minute silence here to pay respects to all our ancestors that have walked the foreshores of this country and for all the people that have been brought here from the islands of the Torres Strait and the South Sea Island people who are saltwater people too and to the European people and all other nations that have come to the sacred lands of Australia we'd like to pay respects through the sacred ceremony of the whale. was Ken Peters Dodd on Didge and others performing a whale ceremony. Well, now Adani has changed the plan of the rail track, and yet there remains a threat. The endlessly proposed Yorana Dam. The inaccessible nature of Yorana, with its steep valley walls, has meant that there has been little human disturbance to the area. It's one of the few remaining examples of pre-European vegetation for the region. No weeds have been observed at Yorana. 
This special ecosystem is home to the bum-breathing turtle, Alacia erwini, Irwin's turtle. The turtle is endemic to the Broken Bowen River system at Urana. This means it only lives in that area. It is considered by the Threatened Species Scientific Committee that the construction of Urana Dam would negatively impact on the species. Urana is home to other species of conservation concern, including the jabiru and grey falcon. Koalas, beetongs, tree kangaroos, the grey kangaroo and the pretty-faced wallaby, as well as 30 species of birds. I'm talking to Ken Peters Dodd. We're here on Bury Country at the back of Bowen. $3 million has been made available for a feasibility study for the Urana Dam. What's going on there, Ken Peter Dodd? Well, yeah, once again, another future development within within our landscape and our waterways and that through mining and everything like that. This project has been on the table for over 46 years now where the government's proposed this project and this is number 18th feasibility study. They want to dam Urana, bring it back to the highlight as a water futures thing project that needs to happen here within our country and, you know, we are very concerned that it, it will get manipulated, it will be corrupted in the way where this project will be, you know, just like every other project in this area where it seems to be the individual interest of government and mining and infrastructure that allow these projects by giving them the, you know, environmental permits and DNA and everything like that and saying these environmentally, culturally, that these projects are viable and economically, but none of that has stacked up in any of our research or other people's analysis that they've done on this project. So, you know, we're going to push very hard within the next three months where this government's at now, but we're going to put a clear message out that we as traditional owners have rights and interests to our land as stakeholders to our land, and we are recognised through the lands and courts, native title processes, environmental processes. So we want to make this change by going out as an independent body and we do our own survey with the professional people, just the expertise in all areas, just like the, uh, you would do a feasibility study. Normally you would have the, the people that specialise in every individual part of that land. And, you know, we will be going out there to get our own report done so we can put that to the table to the government too because we want to see this project for once and for all just be taken off the water future management plan of the Bowen Basin because... Economically, it does not stack up. Environmentally, it does not stack up. Culturally, it does not stack up. Or sociably, it does not stack up. So we will be pushing to make this government take that project off there once and for all and go back to the original plan of the Burdekin Dam in Stage 3 where they would raise the wall to secure water, you know. Our natural waterways and the last of our ecology, which is part of the Yungala, the largest stretch of rainforest national park in the southern hemisphere, north of Mackay, will not be open or at threat by the government's water plan for this country. Yeah, and to get it taken off and to give it back, giving it back as an indigenous protected area, you know, so we can you know, manage and look after country, care for country. Yeah. Ken Peters Dodd, I'm so honoured to talk with you for Earth Matters. Yeah, thank you very much. And yeah, we say Dana Yorubaya Gangale, stand proud, be strong always for our lands, our rivers, our waters, and our future. Thank you, Yinda Naka. I talked to Ken Peters Dodd, daughter. She mentions FLAC, meaning Frontline Action on Coal, the group that's 
trying to stop Adani using civil disobedience and protest. I'm Guy Peters and I am a Berry and Witty young Indigenous woman, I guess. I live on Berrya country with my family at the Bogey River and have been for a while. Yeah, <laughs> just doing cultural stuff with my mum and dad, like um, dancing on country with my other brothers and sisters, you know, like protesting and stuff like that on behalf of all the Indigenous people, like the elders and the younger generation that aren't really getting out there. Like especially with the Yorana Dam, we're like sort of the only younger Indigenous people that are standing up for everyone else that's not really doing anything about it. We've been with the flack for a bit, helping them with Adani and stuff like that. Like my dad, he's been helping them out. Like they're engaging more with Indigenous people, like a lot more, especially with my dad and my family. They've been getting to come down here and learn a lot more about country and about us and why we are fighting for country and, you know, have the things that we want, like, you know, like a cleaner land for the next generation, like cleaner waters and the reef and all that sort of stuff. Because if we, you know, if we don't do anything about it, it's not going to change in the next couple of generations. What's your hope for the future of Buri Nation land? Honestly, I don't really want Urana Dam at all. I just think it's, yeah, it's not fair on many people. Like, even though we don't live up there anymore, it's still a very sacred place and it's clean waters. It's just going to wreck the waters, you know, everywhere else. It's probably the cleanest land and water that there is left sort of thing, most untouched. Like, everywhere else is just ruined, like the water, the land. You know, there's no trees around anymore out there. It's like the most, you know, natural place out there. There's... All of it, you know what I mean? Yeah, and I would just want a better, cleaner future for my family, you know what I mean? As I get older, I would like it to be a lot cleaner, even not even my country, you know what I mean? Like everywhere, I'd want it to be a lot cleaner, like the ocean and all that sort of stuff because it's it's for everyone, you know what I mean? It's not just for me and my family to enjoy. Like even though it is our land, we've got to fight hard for everything else as well. Yeah, like all the oils and the fuel and all that sort of stuff. Cleaner air, just cleaner land. All of it would be a lot better, yeah. And do you see yourself staying on country, staying on Buri Nation? Yeah, I would like to. Yeah, I would like to stick around, yeah. I don't see myself going anywhere too far, to be honest. Yeah, it would be good to stick around here for a, for a very mm-hmm. long time. Another concern would probably have to be, like, Abbott Point. The whales and all that go up there. You know, they'd wreck all that. Like, they wouldn't be able to go up there and have their calves. Like, it'd kill a lot of fish like all the sea turtles and stuff like that. It just, you know what I mean? I know a lot of people that go out fishing. Like my partner, his family go fishing up now, but point and stuff like that. And it's a beautiful place up there. And I've been up there a couple of times and I reckon they'd just, it'd wreck it. Like, cause there's so many young families that go up there and enjoy it with their kids. And yeah, it'd change a lot. Like no one would go up there. It just, the water would be dirty. Like there'd be no fish around. It just wouldn't be enjoyable for anybody I don't reckon. Somebody said to me that the beaches around Bowen which is near Abbott Point yeah. are covered in coal dust. Oh yeah the front beach yeah it would be it's, I think it's been like that for a bit I reckon like you go there sometimes and there's black debris all over the sand. I live in Colmville and I've seen coal clouds sit over the town for a couple of days that's how bad it is there and that's just a small coal town. What's a coal cloud? Uh, when they do like mine blasts in Collinsville it's like a big cloud of black just a big black cloud of coal dust and it just sits sits there for a bit and then it sort of looks like smoke, but it's it's coal dust. I've heard those are really yeah. toxic. Yeah, they are. They're pretty toxic, yeah. But they don't really do anything about it in Collinsville, you know what I mean? They do it all the time, yeah. A lot of the families have been living there for years. It's been going on for years where they've just been doing mine blasts at night. 
It's pretty shocking. If you had a message for people in the cities, is there anything you want to say? Pick up your rubbish, I guess. You know, keep the place tidy for everyone else. You know what I mean? It's not just for you. There's a lot of people in this world that would like a cleaner, you know, cleaner ocean, cleaner everything, cleaner land, air, and with, you know, people leaving their rubbish and all that sort of stuff, including the mines, it doesn't really help. It's just... It's just a big cesspool. <laughs> like, it's just it's shocking, to be honest. What shocks you? Oh, just the way people just don't really care. It's like they just don't. It doesn't faze them whether, you know, the next generation, their great-great-grandchildren have clean water or not. It's like they don't really care. So it's like it's just a bit stupid. Like, <laughs> why would you not? You know what I mean? It's your, your grandchildren, your grandchildren's grandchildren. Guy you Peters, thank you very much for talking to Earth Matters. The Urana Dam proposal is a favoured project of the politicians Jason Costigan, Liberal National Party member for Whitsunday, and Nationals George Christensen, Federal member for Dawson. I caught up with Senator Larissa Waters in Cairns. Larissa, I'm interested in dam building. Do the Greens support any dam building? We don't support new dams. Obviously part of the formation of our political party's history was opposition to the Franklin Dam, which was proposed for Tasmania all those many years ago. Um, But fundamentally, the climate is changing and we do need to address our water usage and we just don't think that building new dams is going to make it rain. There's no solution to the water crisis that we're in to simply have enormous built infrastructure footprints We instead actually need to be working with the ecology. We need to be reducing our water usage and working with rural water use efficiency as well, capping some of those bores. You might recall Tony Abbott defunded a program to cap bores in the Great Artesian Basin that now I think has just had its funding restored, which is some common sense there. Urana Dam has been on the table since the 60s. Mm. It's one of these zombie projects that raises its head before an election. Do the Greens ever look at these old blueprint plans and revise them so that people like Peter Kendons can rest in peace that the Urana Dam won't be brought up again for another feasibility study. It has 18 feasibility studies now. You're right, 18 times this proposal has been examined for feasibility. It's not been found feasible yet. I don't imagine it's going to be found feasible anytime soon. It would be one of the most expensive options for providing water. And the water resources plan that applies for that region doesn't envisage that that water would go for agriculture anyway. It would be mandated for urban use or for mining. Now, we know that mining companies in Queensland get free access to water. So while the rest of us are trying to tighten our belts and farmers in particular are doing it tough as the drought worsens, we have mining companies just rapaciously using this precious commodity. So we really need to start looking at changing the rules so that mining companies aren't just wasting this precious resource, that they've got to pay for it like everybody else does. They shouldn't be getting a free ride and we should be prioritising our food production ahead of fossil fuel extraction. Larissa, do you see in Queensland that certain groups of people have to cop consequences of development and environmental problems more than other groups of people? Can you think of some examples? Yeah, look, we see a legacy of this around the state. We've got all sorts of projects, and many of them are mining projects, where companies have done some sneaky corporate arrangement and walked away from their rehabilitation obligations, leaving often polluted wastewater holding dams, um, you know, massive holes in the ground, uh, massive deforested stretches. I mean, Mount Morgan's a classic example of where they've still got toxic waterways and the, the, the mine's been done for years. So we unfortunately have very weak laws. The community is often left with the bill 
when it comes to the legacy of these toxic projects. And the, the state government, sadly, doesn't end up stepping in either. So the community bears the brunt of it and you still have these toxic scars on the landscape. When we're in a drought situation, it's I am incredulous that we are giving free water to big mining companies while farmers are committing suicide at record rates because they're in such a perilous position. So our priorities are all wrong, I think. The government needs a real rethink, and I think part of the reason is that they're for sale by their corporate interests. We have massive political donations that are influencing the sorts of decisions that get made. They're not being made in the interests of the community or, or people who really need the help and need to be heard. They're being made in the interests of those vested wealthy donors. So if we clean up politics, we might get a better quality of decision-making. And if we have stronger laws that protect our environment and the communities that rely upon a healthy environment, then we might see that, that better quality of life and a bit more care taken for this beautiful planet that supports us all. And do you think it's fair to say that Indigenous communities in Queensland are disproportionately affected by planning decisions? Well, I think, sadly, we, we haven't really given a voice to our first Australians. They're clamouring for not just constitutional recognition, but a genuine voice in our parliament and a genuine uh, Makarrata agreement to finally have treaties and sovereignty in place. And both of the leaders of our two big parties have just instantly rejected those proposals. So, I mean, our Indigenous people are sadly getting silenced by the big parties because they want some change and they deserve some change. So not only are they bearing the brunt of, of environmental impact and of the, the rapaciousness of the mining industry, but they're also not even getting a voice in our political system. It's a real shame on our nation's soul that we have the chance to fix. We need to see a bit of courage and leadership out of the, the big parties and it's in short supply at the moment, isn't it? Do the Greens have a solution to give Indigenous people a stronger voice? Yeah, look, we really back the Uluru Statement from the heart. We want to see that mandated voice in Parliament for our first Australians. We want to see those agreements and treaties for sovereignty and for truth-telling. This is something that we need to do as a nation. If we're ever going to heal and have genuine reconciliation, this is where it's got to start. It's long overdue. Larissa Waters, I hope you can enjoy your return to the Senate. Thanks for talking to Earth Matters. You've been listening to Earth Matters. Today's story was produced on the lands of the Biri and Wiri near Collinsville and on Yindinji land in Gimoy, Cairns. For Radio 3CR in Melbourne, Wurundjeri country and broadcast nationally through the Community Radio Network. And if you'd like to get in touch with Earth Matters team, you can email us at earthmatters3cr at gmail.com or visit our Facebook page on Earth Matters 3CR Radio. If you'd like to listen to or share editions of Earth Matters, you can find this and all the Earth Matters podcasts at 3cr.org.au forward slash Earth Matters. The Earth Matters team will be back next week with more environmental and social justice stories. I'm Beck Horridge. Here's the crowd at the gate of the Adani coal port. You ain't taking nothing from this land. And I know you know that you're lying to yourself and you're lying to your kids and you're lying through your teeth, everybody. And we know you know, but you keep on smiling at us. You think we'd ever forgive you for this. Because they come in here talking money and fear But no matter what the people say you never seem to hear We're saying it loud and we're making it clear There ain't no room for fossil fuels on this blue sphere Cause you ain't taking nothing 
from this land. People have been here forever, and here we'll stand.